this time we won't actually delete the podcast before I get a chance to post it. Well, actually, we aren't the ones that deleted last week's. That's true. We are innocent in that ordeal. It must suck to be you guys. <laughs> oh, and in case y'all didn't know, that is Alex. He's back with us again this week. Behold. You have you have found the Shays Lounge. This is Cricket. I'm Vaughn. And special guest, me, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, 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 Alex. We are very glad to have you here. Once again, it is a pleasure to be here. It's always nice when he gets to come in and visit for a little while. And maybe this will be like a supersized podcast since we didn't have one last week and our daughter is grounded until she's 26. (laughs) She didn't know. No, we were at Walmart. Y'all decided 27. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. 27. Yeah, that's, that's right. 27. So there's been so much that's been happening this week. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, like... All the political people getting COVID? Yeah, everybody getting COVID. Yeah, it's just... Everybody's got it. Hide your wives, hide your kids. Because everybody's getting COVID up in here. Everybody's getting Boy, up and getting down with the sickness. The funniest thing about all the... Now, it's not funny that anybody catches this stuff. I know how bad it can be. <clears throat> but it's funny to me... Or the funny part to me is seeing all these crazy conspiracy theories that you're seeing online now. Oh, I, I subscribe to a few of them. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, one of them said, oh, well, the, the, the Democrats figured out a way to give it to them. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think that one's a real one. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, the things that people come up with about it, like, he's got it and he's doing bad. He's got it he's doing good. Some of them are saying he don't even have it at all. It's just, yeah. just a thing so he can come out as a conquering hero at the end. And some of it's because he that way he don't have to go to the next debate because the last one was a toti. Oh, we are PG-13, so we get a few of them. Shit show. It was a shit show. 100% shit show. It was both it was a, the funniest thing I have ever seen and also the worst thing I have ever seen at the same time. Well, all I could think about when I was just watching a few minutes of that, but I couldn't stomach too much more, but I just went and played Call of Duty with my buddy Cardboard. But anyway, it was just, my thought was, can you imagine what people from other countries are thinking when they see these two buffoons up there griping at each other, refusing to shut up and letting the other one talk, well, now I mean, the, it's just you imagine what they thought about watching that. Like, look at these this country that thinks they're the greatest in the world. These are the best two they could come up with. Well, the fact that you said these two buffoons talking over each other shows me that you didn't actually watch the debate because I'll it was some of it, it was Trump talking over Biden ninety percent of the time. I know, but the other one did it too. But I'm just saying, it, it was when, just, yeah, but he was re-interrupting Trump because right. Trump would interrupt him and then he'd be like just shut up and then start talking well, back over. Well that's funny you say that because all the memes that you see yeah, because you'll see like these two people like this meme of these two people griping each other and then they'll show a picture of Biden at the bottom. <laughs> just shut up man. <laughs> I kind of want to get a Biden shirt that says would you shut, shut up, up man. man? <laughs> Trump please stop spamming memes in general. <laughs> Now, I'm not a big political person, but I, I would wear that shirt. Yeah, that, that was good. And when he called him a clown, that was great. Because, I, the, look, vote for whoever you're going to vote for, whatever. But you have to admit the fact that Trump is a bully. He behaves like a bully. He's been a bully his entire life. He's always tried to overpower people. That's just what he does. And Biden's got a stutter. 
and he knew Biden has a stutter, and he was trying to throw him off so that a stutter would come out, you know, and it would cause him to, to lock up. That's what he was trying to do is when he kept interrupting him and everything else. And the fact that Biden managed to go that entire debate and only called him a clown once shows unbelievable restraint. More restraint than I would have had. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't think anybody would have would have blamed him if he just walked across the stage and just sucker punched Trump right in the nose. Right. But, I, you know, I, and as far as him having COVID, I don't know what the real story is. I don't know if he did it to try to get out of the debate. I don't know if he did it because he genuinely has it. I think we're being lied to about the whole thing. I, the whole thing is a lie. whether it, Because they're either lying about how severe it is or they're lying that he has it at all. Yeah. And I'm not sure. Huh? The cake is a lie. Yeah, the cake is definitely a lie in this situation. Um, Back on that whole debate thing, it was funny because a <coughs> on uh, Facebook posted a picture that said, 2020 is like this. And it shows these two old women who look like they're probably dressed for church mm-hmm. sitting on a park bench. And one of them starts hitting the other one with a purse. And then so they just swinging purses back and forth <laughs> at each other, right? And my, my comment to that, what she kind of... He thought it was pretty funny because I was like, is that just a picture of like the unseen footage from commercial breaks from the debate the other day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Speaking of, there were no commercial breaks. It was 90 minutes of two men sniping at each other and Chris Wallace desperately trying to regain control. I have never wished for a commercial break more in my entire life. Like, I kept waiting for the commercial break to happen and then it wouldn't happen and I was like, no. It's not like wrestling when you watch it and you hear the voices pick up. Right. Like, oh, and you know, <laughs> they used to trip a guy out that I used to work with a long time ago when we were going training in Mississippi and stuff. Because mm-hmm. we were there on Monday nights and I'm watching wrestling. I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, oh, good, I got to go to the bathroom. And I'd get up and it hit a commercial and I'd come back and he's like, how do you do that? <laughs> it's like you don't hear the pitch in the voice. They always ramp it up a little bit for a commercial break. But, and then some of these signs people have. It freaked me out, and I'm not sure. I'd like to see how they did it. You're talking about political signs. The political sign. Okay. There's a really large pine tree at the end of our road. That tree's at least 50 or 60 feet tall. And there is a political sign in the very tippy top of that mm-hmm. tree. It's a it's a, it's a a Trump flag. And I've seen two or three of them. I've seen two. I've seen two or three of them uh, around town. When I drive around town, I'll Saw see them in the very tippy top of the trees. I went and picked up Alex from his house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's one over here. But I'm just curious, did somebody shimmy all the way up that tree? Or I, I, I want to know how they got it up there. I don't know, but props to them. Well, I, I don't understand what the point is. Nobody ever looks that high. We do. But, but how long has that been there? I don't know. But I'm That's saying, what I'm but saying. But it catches your eye because it's something you're not expecting to see, and you look up. Of course, all that is... You can't it read seems it from pointless that pot to hole. me anyway because just because I see a sign with somebody's name on it, I'm not going to get to the voting booth and go, what's that guy's name I saw on that sign? That's who I'm voting for. No, but that's not why they do it. It's all about advertising. When you reinforce and reinforce and reinforce and reinforce, people who don't know anything about what they're doing will gravitate towards something that they're more familiar with. Well, yeah. Because if they see Trump's name more than they see Biden's name, then they're going to naturally gravitate toward Trump. So that's I mean, the signs are not there to change your mind about anything. Well, it's to catch people who don't know anything about the issues or don't know anything about Trump 
or don't know anything about Biden, and they're just kind of reinforcing the name recognition. That's all that is. It's like, hey, if you don't care, then just go this way. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And, and honestly, that's that's one reason, that's one major reason that Trump got elected in 2016 to begin with is because he's really good at branding his name and has been since the 80s. And every, everybody knows who Trump, who Donald Trump is. Well, I think a lot of that, too, is the fact that it's like half the country just assumed that Hillary was going to win. Yeah. Because she was owed it. Yeah. Because she wasn't supposed to have gotten the nomination when Obama took it. That was not the plan. Well, if you look at the number of votes that were cast, Hillary won. She just didn't win in the right places. She just didn't win in the right places. But she won the popular vote by over 3 million votes. So technically, Trump lost and still is president. Right. But the same thing happened in the year 2000 with Al Gore and, and George W. You know, George W. lost by like a lot. And then... But he was just... In the right he states. He won where he needed to win. Yeah, he won in the right states. It was a math problem. But see, that goes that goes back to I think we ought to abolish the electoral college because it was it was a it's a racist institution that was put forth by slaveholders who were trying to mathematically influence elections. Mm-hmm. We need to get rid of it. It is an old, archaic, racist trope of the past, and it has no business being a part of our elections now. We need to do a popular vote. Whoever wins, wins. Because that's democracy. Yeah. This math problem that we have right now is not democracy. Because the electors don't have to go with the popular vote. Right. They can still vote for whoever the hell they want to vote Exactly. For. It could be a 100% landslide and they're like, nah. <laughs> they wouldn't keep their position for long. It doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter. At that point, it wouldn't matter anymore. Yeah. Because the person would be, the person that they wanted mm-hmm. would be in there. And that person would be grateful, so they'd make sure they kept them there. Exactly. For the so, next round. Yeah, it's it's all it's it's a big. I won't even call it a game of chess because it's not that complicated. It's a, it's a game of checkers, and you just hope that the other guy's not a chicken. Crown me. <laughs> okay, enough political stuff. I don't like political stuff. It's aggravating. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, you know, we we wish Trump the best. We we hope he and his entire family come out of this on the other end because I'm not going to wish death on anyone. No matter who they are. There's only one person in my life that I'll do that before. I won't mention his name. Yeah, well, he deserves it. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we wish them all the best. We hope everything comes out. I, I do hope that maybe if he doesn't learn his lesson, maybe the people around him will learn their lessons about wearing their mask and, and social distance. This crap really is. How serious this really, really is. But it's not a hoax. It's not a joke. It's not... A conspiracy. It's not somebody trying to infringe upon your rights or hold you back or force you to wear a mask because you're a sheep. Just, it's very simple, simple things that you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones from this virus. Do them. Do and them. Even if it isn't that bad, does it really hurt just to be safe? Yeah. And you, on you the safe to, side, just, you know what? Hey, it may be a hoax. But just only on a slight chance that it might not be, 
I think I'm going to wear my mask. It's well, common the, courtesy. It's common courtesy. And the fact is, Trump is the most protected man in America. He has, Everybody around him takes those rapid tests at least once a day before they're allowed to come in contact with him. They sanitize everything. They're, these people, if you're even slightly sick, they won't let you come to work. I mean, he, he is the most protected person in America. Insulated. And he's still got it. Because he refused to wear a mask. And because he refused to stop shaking hands, and because he was having these, like the like the the rose garden ceremony that they had a week or so ago, where everybody was like all bunched up in there together, still having these events, and so we know that that's what's spreading it. So just stop doing that stuff. <laughs> you know, it's pretty simple. Just stop doing that stuff. You know, it's okay. Do virtual stuff like everybody else does. Have Zoom meetings. Have Zoom calls. You know, do your campaigning online. Just you know, quit going to these rallies because you're spreading stuff around. So, anyway, enough political stuff. Enough political stuff. Let's move on. 2036, I'll be old enough to run for president. Time to just Twitch stream it all. <laughs> all right. There you go. We'll just we'll be we'll we'll be voting on the internet by the end. The year is 2036. Everyone is in tribes. <laughs> We're in tribes now, kid. It is it has turned into Mad Max. <laughs> goes to that part i know where i'm gonna be standing so yeah so anyway and it won't um, be on a deer stand again that's for sure yeah tell, <laughs> why don't you tell them what happened when you were on the deer stand vaughn yeah well i wasn't on it for very long <laughs> we went out to the deer lease and put out some feeders filled them up gonna go check on my, my tripod to see exactly what i needed to do to fix the seat that broke last year and as I'm climbing up this sucker, I get toward the top. One of those tripod legs breaks in half. And it leans back and pauses for just a second. And for a split second, I thought I was going to be okay. Yeah. And then it started leaning to one side. And at that point, you can't do nothing. It's like, screw it. Here you I go. on and ride it to the ground. Part of the ship. Part of the crew. <laughs> yep. I went down with the ship. <laughs> and my first thought, because I'm in the truck watching all of this happen, my first thought is that he's going to, because he's falling toward the truck right before it breaks off to the left and then falls in front of the truck. I thought he was going to slam into the truck and the tripod was going to hit the truck and like gouge a big piece out of it. And I thought the truck was going to be in more danger than he was. But no, Vaughn had to fall on his back. But hey, I missed the truck and my truck is good. <laughs> my baby's still okay. And... I didn't see anything about this until I just happened to open up Facebook one day and I see the very first post was the broken tripod yep. and he was going to talk about it and then you know <laughs> my smart self I decided come on dad you know better than to check if fall damage is a thing yeah <laughs> I, was, I was checking sometimes you know fall damage is not applicable so I mean you never know yes the update is still active <laughs> Well, and then that led to a whole half of a week of Vaughn trying to get cleared to go back to, to work. work. Had to redo my DOT physical. Had to redo the DOT physical. Returned to work, drug and alcohol test. Yeah. He, he saw, what, three three or four doctors? Because we took him three. to the In-N-Out Clinic on Sunday, and they prescribed some medicine. And then he tried to go back to work on Wednesday, Wednesday. and they wouldn't let him come back. 
And then he had to go redo his DOT physical on Thursday, and then finally was allowed to go back on Thursday, and then ended up working two hours on Friday. So he's had like zero work this week. Yeah. But that's I'm okay. Start me a GoFundMe page for this next week. Help me pay the bills. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> If any of y'all wants to contribute, my cash app is S A S H E A one two nine. All denominations welcome. Quarters, nickels, <laughs> even crisp high fives. Yeah, even crisp high fives. That's for you, correct. Crisp high five for you, ten. <laughs> oh, um, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, love it. We were watching Deadpool 2 on, on, on there the other day. It was weird to see it in the PG-13 version. Yeah, it, it didn't feel right watching. I had to get up and walk out. Yeah. That's the only time I ever got up and walk away from, walked away from a TV that had Deadpool on it. Yeah, because it was just a little, like, not quite Deadpool. Yeah. Well, that too, and I had Call of Duty calling me, so. Yeah. We were trying out and, that new Easter egg thing, and it did not work well for us. Well, don't act like you can't quote Deadpool, both of them. Oh, I know. All the way through. But tell them about that Easter egg. And I don't even know if I can try to explain that. They're, they're, they just added this thing, and the final result is you get this weapon blueprint that's supposed to be really good. But all these crazy steps you have to go through to get to it, we tried it a couple times. It didn't work out so well, so we'll probably try it again later. But You have to punch a code into a computer, and then and you have to... it locks the door, sets off gas, and it shows up these other codes. And you got to run around the building and find the paintings that match the pictures... Get the numbers off the paintings and do the plus one, minus one, plus two, minus two, whatever to get the final code just to turn off the gas and activate everything. Then you gotta go across the map, down a manhole, wait for a certain train, ride the train. <laughs> so it's, I don't know. This is in uh, Warzone, by in, the way, for those in Warzone. Don't yeah, know. this is in yes. Warzone. So it and may... the, yeah, and the entire process for any of you who know about the Black Ops zombies. Stuff off to the side. It's yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much like a watered down version of one of those types. Yeah, you're saying something like that. And then they added some other creepy stuff that we didn't realize. <laughs> we were like getting toward the circle and everything, avoiding the gas. And there's a hill where like it's like an old campsite. And you get still, you can hear children laughing. And I was like, and my buddy, he he was the first one to notice it. And he's like, hey, y'all come over here. And I think it was me, him, and. Uh, Hero, we're all playing. And it's like, do you hear kids laughing? <laughs> you all just should have said no. It's like, uh, that's kind of creepy. But apparently it's uh, it's kicking off the Halloween theme stuff and Warzone for this year, this week, this month, I mean. But it's this, I've been watching videos on that and I like watching the, uh, the, the top play kills and all that kind of stuff. It's neat, some of the stuff to come up with. And that's something they've been doing for a long time. And I actually have someone with us tonight that I don't remember which Call of Duty it was, but actually sent in a clip and made the top ten one week. Mm -hmm. Mr. Alex over here did. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, was, was that Black Ops 2? I think it was Black Ops 3, three? way back when. Yeah, I was playing, uh, what was it, Sparrow, the one that has the bow and arrow. Yeah. When popped off, like, wiped an entire team that was trying to cap B and then just ran around and went in their spawn and shoved a few more down their throats. But, I mean, that wasn't anything too special. It was just basically putting a team in their place. But letting them know to uninstall the game. But I remember he was like, I made the top ten, Dad! <laughs> Watch this clip! Yeah, it was actually when we were at the Deer Lease, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. It, like, showed up. So it was kind of cool. 
Oh, and I'm pissed off too. Well, actually, it's not as bad on me because it's not wasn't really my thing. It was more cardboard's thing. Is you know he gets really excited in Warzone when cars drive by, and because he'll chunk a C4 at them. <laughs> but now you can only they they reduced how far you can throw C4. Aww. Yeah, you can only throw it like half the distance now. Probably because people they had to nerf it because people were abusing it. Oh well, yeah, so now we run around. It was funny because we were running around the day and I had the C4, and cardboard had the RPG, which is completely ass backwards from the way that we normally play. Because it's usually him with the C4, and me with the RPG, shooting it and throwing his wrath. But he did get the wipe a team out, and he goes, "Yes, <laughs> chalk one up for the RPG." <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm always that one guy that runs around with a riot shield. It's always real fun getting into 1v1s and just watch them struggle to figure out how to get you. Well, you'll have to have people running from you when you they see you with a riot shield because they, oh. they don't know what to do. Oh, yeah, I just crouch and slowly walk towards them, and as soon as they start reloading, I just bum rush them, and they just turn tail and run. I was playing with some of my college buddies uh, about a week or so ago, and every single time they find a riot shield, they'll just ping it for me, and I'll immediately stop what I'm doing and go pick it up. And <laughs> We got down to one of the final circles, and... There was a completely open field. We had nowhere to go, so I just crouched down with the shield and slowly walked forward, and they just walked behind me. And as soon as we'd see somebody, I'd be like, all right, give me covering fire, and I'd just start sprinting <laughs> towards the guy. <laughs> oh, it's great. Well, we were talking about, uh, we were telling Alex about Lucifer earlier, and uh, he needs to watch Lucifer, because it's a good show. Absolutely. Cause it's a very good. I may go back and like rewatch it. I'm, I, I've been, I've been in one of those moods where I haven't wanted to watch any new TV. Like I haven't wanted to watch anything new because there's just something really comforting about going back and watching something where you know how it ends, well, and you know all the beats. I just started restarted watching Blacklist for like the third or fourth run through. Yeah, I, I've been watching Scrubs, which I've seen a million times. I watch The Office anytime it's on TV. Uh, that's just you know, and I, I've been watching New Girl. You know, just the stuff that I've watched over and over and over again, and I've just been watching it, and it's been hard. It, as much as I love watching The Boys, I'm three episodes behind because it's not what I want to watch right now. Yeah. I want to watch something I've been watching, so I may actually go back and rewatch all of Lucifer. Well, see, I thought it was funny because somebody posted a picture of the actor, like a little screenshot from the show, the guy that plays Lucifer. Yeah. And it says that you, he said, just look at this picture. Tom you, Ellis. You can hear it. Yeah. Detective! The way he says it. Detective! Yeah. Detective! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, actually, Alex was asking it, asking about, was it, what were you asking me? Like, is, was that like Lucifer? What do we know about Lucifer? Or, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I before think it we started, had to do with, like, y'all brought up how... He doesn't like whenever people call him evil. No, he's just the one that punishes the evildoers. Right. And I was like, I mean, isn't the only stuff we really know about him is just, oh, he was just kicked out of heaven because he thought he was as good as God or something like that. Right, 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 right. So that kind of got me on a soapbox about what's in the Bible versus what isn't in the Bible. Um, because I know the Bible frontwards and backwards. So, as you know, send in your questions. Okay, then. What is on page 437? Depends on which version you're reading. Anyway, moving on. Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. Nerd. So,
So what we know about Lucifer in the Bible is not very much. He is mentioned um, about four to five times in the entire Old Testament and New Testament. Um, even in the beginning, um, when you're talking about the serpent in the garden, he's not technically mentioned as Lucifer. He's just the serpent. We don't know if he's the devil. We don't know if he's just some little, you know, an, an allegory for something else. We're just not sure. But he's never called Satan or the devil in um, the creation story. And uh, we know about him in, uh, I believe it's Ezekiel, is when he fell from heaven. We know about him, um, and, and at that point, um, he led a rebellion of angels, and uh, a third of the angels joined him, and they were trying to overthrow, not overthrow God, but he thought himself to be as equal with God. And so then he was thrown out of heaven. Um, in the book of Job, he is described as walking back and forth and to and fro on the earth. And then in the book of Revelation, he's mentioned again as having been thrown in a lake of fire. Well, what you have to understand about the Bible is that the Jews don't have a concept of hell. There's no right. heaven and there's no hell. Um, there is in the bosom of Abraham with God, and then there's just nothingness. Um, and you, it was Jewish people that wrote the Bible, so of course they're going to write it for their own, you know, their own yes. understanding. Um, so. They don't have a concept of hell, so there is no place for Lucifer to actually rule because there is no hell in the Bible. There is, uh, they mentioned Gehenna, which was um, the trash dump right outside of Jerusalem, was called Gehenna. It was pretty much constantly on fire. Uh, so they would say, oh, that's, they would tell children, you know, oh, that's where you go when you're bad, you go to Gehenna, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then in the uh, in Revelation, they talk about the lake of fire. I send the kids a timeout. Jeez. Right? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, it's like telling, uh, you know, if, if you don't stay in bed, the monster's going to get you. You know, Gehenna was used that way for, for little Jewish kids. And, uh, and, and if there are any Jewish people that are listening to this that want to expand upon my knowledge or correct me on any of this, please feel free to let me know because I'm going off of, uh, off of what I know. So, anyway... Um, in the book of Revelation, um, we find out that uh, Lucifer is cast into the lake of fire after the thousand-year reign. So, Lucifer gets a thousand years, Christ gets a thousand years, and then Lucifer is thrown into the, into the lake of fire. Um, everything else that we know about Lucifer and the devil was written by Dante. Yeah. For Dante's Inferno, um, it, wa or it was written for Dante's Inferno. It was a... Um, uh, Virgil is who wrote that. Um, but it was Catholic fan fiction. Biblical fan fiction is why, why we know what we know about the devil. Everything that we know about Satan and the devil is all fan fiction. Because there's like four mentions of him in the entire Bible. So if somebody tells you that, oh, well, Satan does this, or the devil does this, or Lucifer does this. No, he doesn't. That was all fan fiction. Not in the Bible anywhere, I promise. It's like those people who are too obsessed with some random side character in their favorite show. Right, yeah, exactly. But uh, Virgil wrote, basically he wrote this little uwu, you know, thing about how much God loves him and all this other stuff, and, and he's best friends with God, and it became basically Catholic canon, and the Catholics are the one that spread Christianity to the world, and that's why we know the devil is the devil today. So, all started way back in the day. Lucifer is just more fan fiction. And I like the fact that they take the fan fiction and they kind of subvert the trope where because the trope is 
Lucifer is evil. Therefore, he rules over all sinners. In Lucifer the TV show, Lucifer is not evil. He punishes evil, which by default, doesn't that make him good? Yeah, he gets mad in that show when somebody calls him evil. Exactly. He's like, I am not evil. My job is to punish evildoers. Yeah. And Lucifer's big sin in the Bible was pride. That was his big sin. So, um, and, and that's one of the big seven. So, you know, watch out for pride, sloth, and gluttony, and envy, and wrath, and I can't remember the other two. It's like naming the seven dwarves. You always leave off a couple. But. <laughs> it's like looking at that one picture of the mystery gang from Scooby Doo. Right. And it's just always. I have this visceral feeling that there's always one missing. <laughs> I can look at the picture. I know they're all there, but it always feels like someone's missing. It always feels like there's something missing. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's kind of the that's kind of a little thumbnail sketch of, of Lucifer, and you know that's me getting on a soapbox. So I will step down from my soapbox now. I'll let you guys talk about whatever you want to talk about, because I have taken up plenty of time talking about Lucifer. And Vaughn is over there on his phone, not paying attention to anything that I'm saying. As is his want. Hey, I'm all, I'm paying attention. No, you're not. Don't I always play. look for funny stuff to mention. Like this one guy just posted something. That says adulting is when you pick up a you put back a package of chicken that's eleven fifty seven because you found one for eleven seventeen. Can't tell you the number of times I've done that. <laughs> like, oh look, here's one that's like a few cents cheaper. <laughs> Ecologist taught me that every penny counts. Every penny counts. That's exactly right. Try to make lots of food in the cheapest way possible. I got to talk with you about that too, but we'll talk about that after the podcast is over. All right. Um, one one thing that I thought was funny. Um, I was watching John Mulaney the other day, and I don't know if you've seen his little street smarts. You haven't seen it. No. Like like okay, so Vaughn hates John Mulaney and won't watch him with me. That that comedian guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a. I don't like it. He yeah, seems he a little slimy and he seems like a creep. Whatever. Um, <laughs> but he has this thing he called, because uh, when he was a kid, you know, people would come to his school and teach him how to, like, get away from kidnappers and, you know, all this other stuff. And it was called Street Smarts. Well, I saw something um, online a little while ago that was talking about Dare. Has Dare ever come to your school, Alex? Oh, yeah. I was like, Ugh forever ago. I remember them. They had like their mascots a lion or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, but um, you know, they would come into these schools with these young, impressionable children that have never heard about drugs and don't know anything about drugs, and they teach them about drugs. Oh, you can get high huffing glue. Oh, you can buy marijuana on this street corner from this gentleman and it'll cost you this much money and they tell you all they tell you the street names they tell you where to find it they tell you all kinds of stuff about drugs to educate you about drugs and then they're like now don't do drugs <laughs> which always just cracks me up because they're like giving you a roadmap of how to do drugs <laughs> hey here's why people do it now don't <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like this uh, one thing that i saw one of uh, the professors that I, well, I won't say his name for obvious purposes. Yeah. He's like, it has come to my attention that some students have managed to find a free PDF copy of the textbook for my class online. I must inform you that getting such free PDF is illegal, and there are certain sites that cater to such illegal free PDF copies. Here are the websites so that you know to avoid them so that you do not get caught. And I... <laughs> 
<laughs> this was for the sole purpose of telling you what to avoid. <laughs> now go have fun. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs> I respect, like, wink I respect I teachers quink, like that. Wink, wink, don't go there. I respect teachers like that. Absolutely. I mean, I may or may not have not had to buy books in the past <laughs> three semesters. <laughs> I'm not stupid. No, of course not. There's actually a guy online. I wish I could remember his name, but his like his purpose or or whatever he does online, he makes copies of these textbooks that cost you know six or seven hundred bucks, and he will make like he makes them freely available to anybody that that needs them, and that's what he does with his life. He buys these textbooks and puts them online. And then you use them for free. Props to him. Yeah, because I, there's there's no reason that a textbook should cost six or seven hundred bucks. There is no reason. Yeah, that's so stupid. It's a, it's a racket, is and what it is. And they want you to sell them back. For, you spend four hundred bucks on a book, and they want you to sell it back to the bookstore during the semester for you know sixty bucks. Right. So they can resell it for two hundred. So they can resell it for a lot more. And you know, half the time you can't even use a refurbished textbook or, or like a like a used textbook. You, they won't even let you use those. The, the the professor's like, no, you have to have a new textbook for my it's class. It's like, oh, it has to be this specific edition. It's like, the only thing that's different from the third edition to the fourth edition is a spelling error. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's ridiculous. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, already having to pay several thousand dollars in fees and building use fees for buildings that we can't use. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm very, very privileged when I went to college. Extremely privileged because I had scholarships that covered everything. And when I was done going to a state school, I went to a school that my father taught at. So I didn't have to pay for anything. The only thing I had to pay for was two semesters out of pocket because I flunked out two semesters because I had such a terrible case of senioritis that I didn't go to any of my classes. So I flunked out like two semesters. And I had to retake them. So it took me like five years to get through college. <laughs> Got that degree, though. C's get degrees. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I'm... I, oh, let me tell you about my, my most favorite C that I ever got. It was my senior year. And you got to understand English and literature and, and you know, the, the arts classes and stuff like that, like the, like the, the liberal arts classes, those were always very easy for me. Mm -hmm. I, I'd never made less than an A in British Lit, American Lit, you know, any of those classes. Never. Well, I was taking an American literature class um, at the, the college that I went to, and I showed up on test days. Like, I didn't come to class. I just showed up on the days that we had the tests. And I took the tests. And, like, for example, she curved the grades to, because, because her tests were so hard. Mm -hmm. So she curved all the grades. Out of 140 questions on one of her tests, I got 139 of them correct. So it threw off the curve. <laughs> right? And so at the end of... Uh, she, she pulled me into her office about... Uh, you know, we had... I one test left to go. It was like a month left of the semester. And she said, look, she said, I can't fail you. I can't bring myself to fail you in this class because your, your scores are too good. You clearly know the material. You clearly are doing the work because you are passing my tests with flying colors and not even having to try hard. She said, but our attendance policy states that if you miss this many days, I have to fail you. 
She said, what if I just give you a C and we call it even? So you know what? A C will get me out of this class and out of the school and I'll be done. And I'll be happy with a C. So that is the only C, uh, that is the only grade that I've ever had in an English class that was less than an A. And it was because, she, like, she it was either that or she was going to fail me. So I was like, <laughs> you know what, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly get that. Uh, I'm taking engineering classes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm already averaging, like, three to five hours of sleep a night. Yeah. Engineers don't sleep. If, if any of them tell you that they sleep, they're lying. They're lying to you, yeah. They're either lying or they're failing so miserably that they just don't care. Yeah. Well, see, I, I would have majored in English had that not been... like Okay, so like when you major in English, the only way that you can make money in English is if you get a master's degree and teach school. And I didn't want to do either of those things because that would have required another four years in school two to four years in school, and then I would have had to stay in school grading papers for students who didn't care anything about English. So why would I put myself through that? Right? right. So I ended up changing my major, even though English and literature and everything else was super easy for me, and I could have sailed through getting a master's degree. I changed my degree to poultry science because that's where the money was. So I ended up with, like, a double major because I had so many, like, English credit classes. But, um, like, at the last minute, and that was another reason that it took me five years to get through schools because I kept changing my major so often. <laughs> I think I changed my major, like, four times. <laughs> yeah. But when I realized that I was not going to make any money with an English degree, I was like, well, you know. Yeah, I already struggled to get into this major. I don't know what else I would do. <laughs> So I'm just kind of sticking with it. I'll go and, like, venture out a little bit and, like, maybe get a minor over here. Right. Maybe get a minor over there. Well, it seems like a lot to expect these 17, 18, 19-year-old kids to make a final decision on what they want to be for the rest of their life. Yeah. I can vouch for that. How many career changes have you and I had? That have nothing to do with each other. That, yeah, that have nothing to do with each other. That, that have nothing to do with your degree. I... I am the only person that I know who took my degree, the degree that I paid money for, and used it to make money. Because I was in the poultry industry for 15 years? 13. 13 years? So I was in the poultry industry for 13 years, literally using my degree. And but now again, I'm not. Though, that degree that you had... Had nothing to do with that job. Had nothing to do with the job. I should have been over on the other side because I was a supervisor inside the processing plant. I should have been a grower on the grower side yeah, because that's what that degree is for. for. Yeah. But I didn't go to school for chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going for computer science. I'm just hoping that I get the material well enough that I don't just become a code monkey whenever I get into a... Oh, you're going to be a code monkey. Well, it, it all starts off as code monkey. Yeah. But... If you do well enough and you actually show that you know what you're doing, that's when you get a little bit more leeway to move up. Right. But, you know. You yeah, don't, don't, not, don't not be in a code monkey because it, it pays the bills. It, you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. But hey, I, I just like programming stuff for fun now. I mean, I'd go and make Discord bots just because I think it'd be fun to do that. Yeah. Well, I need you to tell are you the kind of um, computer engineer that, like, rebuilds computers, or are you the kind that programs computers? Programming. 
darn it. Because I need you to look at the computer science is programming. <laughs> computer engineering is actual hardware. I needed you to. Uh, I need somebody to look at this computer because it's having a few issues here and there, and I really don't want to spend another two grand on the computer because I don't have a two grand to spend on a computer. But um, I needed somebody to look at this and see if they could tell me exactly what it needed to make it run better. Probably needs an entire. entire it, I probably need to rip the guts out and put new guts in it. That's the technical term, guts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, even then, with the laptop, it really depends on what all you're actually going to be using it for. Because you can Podcasting get... and Facebook. Well, Facebook, <laughs> contrary to popular belief, does not require that much uh, I know. Uh, hardware power. I know. Podcast, I mean, that's just the recording bit. I mean, you could probably get a cheaper laptop. I mean, you don't really need... $2,000 laptop processing power for it. Well, the kids also use it for, like, Among Us and... Oh, they you use can it for, run Among um, Us on a toaster. Yeah. They use it for, um... Roblox. Uh, Roblox and, like and Minecraft and, and, you know, things like that. So uh, so it needs the processing power, especially for, like, Minecraft and because, you know, the bigger, the bigger worlds and stuff. But... I mean, this is not a bad computer. When I bought it, it was it's a uh, Intel Core i7. I, mean, I don't get the it, why they come in here to play Minecraft. They both have Xbox Ones. There's you can interact with different people on the computer than you can on the Xbox, and uh, with their little cousin, they, can, they have the right version of Minecraft. I, I know, and that's what they're doing here. Oh, okay. And they, they can do it on the Xbox. I, I don't know if they have the right the right stuff. They just they they both prefer the computer for certain things. So I just want to see how the new Xbox is. Huh? Uh, the new Xbox. Well, we can't afford the new Xbox unless somebody wants to hit up that cash app. <laughs> hey, new Halo, new Fable, uh, Avowed. You know what Ooh, we? Another Fable. You know it. Yeah, they announced a new Fable during the oh, during the games release. Love Here, games. Here's what we can do: if we can get enough of our listeners to pitch in enough on that cash app so that we can afford <laughs> an Xbox. Then we can review the Xbox. We can tell you about all the games. We can just we can like like do an unboxing thing. We can put this on YouTube, man. We'll we'll hook you guys up. Do streams, <laughs> streams of the new games. There you go. Yeah, we'll we'll do all this stuff. What made me think about some cardboard is in a thing today. Just looking back at it. Says the way 2020 is going, I ain't buying no PS5. Damn thing's probably a Decepticon. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Seto Kaiba from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, well, you know, I like the way the PS5 looks. It's it's a sleek, like it's pretty. Like I would like having it sitting next to the TV because it's a beautiful machine. And the Xbox Five is like looks like a refrigerator. A yeah, it looks like a square. It looks like a um, but it's better. A Romulan square from from Star Trek. That's what it looks. It's yeah. the Romulans. No, no, no. The Borg. The Borg. The square. Okay, so if you guys didn't hear him, he said he was never big into Star Trek. So you can boo, boo this man. No, I was a no, I, I was a next generation nerd because that was when when we when we moved to Texas when I was twelve. Um, my grandparents had a TV, you know, because I had not really had a working TV before then. Um, the whole way I was raised, I'll go into that on some other podcast when I decide to lay that out in front of everybody. But <laughs> yeah, um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. but we had actually had a working TV when I moved to my grandparents' house. Um, we lived there for a year, and I used to watch 
Star Trek The Next Generation every night at 9 o'clock, or every, I can't remember what night it came on, like every Sunday at 9 o'clock, but we would watch the new episodes of, of uh, the, the Next Generation. Is that the one with Jean-Luc Picard? Jean-Luc Picard. Now, okay, so like when they ask you who's your, who's your favorite, um, who's your favorite Star Trek captain, Kirk Picard? I gotta say Picard every time. 100%. It was definitely Picard was the best Star Trek captain. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with him. I don't really know much about Star Trek. Oh. Oh. There's something you that peasants. really interests me. You peasants. I was big into the Star Wars Extended Universe, and then Disney said, hey, no. Oh, I was too. Th- Timothy's on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He's my favorite writer of all time. I've got uh, Barbara Hambly. I've got, um, oh, I've got all, like, all the novels somewhere. All the, the Star Trek novels, all the short stories, all the all the all, um, Star Wars novels, just scattered to oh, and from. In container right there. Yeah, there's some in that container right there. There's some in a box that's out in the garage. I mean, <clears throat> I read them to shreds. The the you know you, you never crack a, the ba- the back of a book because you, you'll you'll upset book nerds. But my paperbacks were just read to shreds. Oh yeah, I always try to be really careful with the books that I have, just to open them just enough to where I can read the. Right. All the way to the inside of the spine, and then just kind of tilt it to a different angle so right. I can read the Because so I don't want to bend the spine. But I, but see, I, I mean, once you make that first, you accidentally crack it that first time. You're, it's over with, so you might as well just finish finish out the spine. So that's what I always did. You know, you you wait till you screw it up that first time, and then you just crack that book open and you read it the way it's supposed to be read. You just read it till the cover falls off. You know, I, I can't tell you the number. T- the, oh, it makes me so mad. That Disney threw out the Thrawn version of Star Wars, the Emperor, before they brought it back. Because the Timothy Zahn novels would have made such good movies. Such good movies. I wanted to see Thrawn on screen. Because he was such a good bad guy. That version of Thrawn. That version of Thrawn. Yeah. Because he was such a good bad guy. See, I still stand by my point that I think it'd be fun just to see a little, even non-canon... Spin-off movies for Star Killer from the Star Wars: The Force Unleashed games. Yeah, because those games are super fun to play. Absolutely, an interesting character yeah. with an interesting little story to go to. I think it'd be fun to see that on TV or like on a movie or something. It'd kind of be similar to John Wick the Star Wars. You know what I think that they ought to do, kind of like they've done with the Mandalorian. Uh, but the Mandalorian, they've got they've got season long episodes that follow a, a story arc. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of um, Star Wars novels that were done, and they were short stories. And they were about all different types of creatures and storylines, and they weren't about the Skywalkers. didn't have anything to do with the Skywalkers because they expanded the universe. They didn't shrink it down, you know. That's one thing that irritated me about, you know, Rey being a Palpatine, you know, being related to Palpatine and, you know, everybody else being related to, to Luke or Leia or anybody else. It shrank down that universe so much. And the Star Wars universe is this massive, huge thing. So what I would love to see is a Mandalorian-style episodic TV show where each episode is a different short story. I can get behind that. Yeah. And about a different species, you know, 30 minutes to an hour telling a story about 
this thing that happened over here, or this thing that happened over here, or this bounty hunter that was over here that had nothing to do with Boba Fett. He was just happened to be a random bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe and ran across some of the same creatures. Love to see that. And it would you have a different director every single time, have a different story writer every single time, script writer, you know, just let these people stretch their legs in the Star Wars universe. Because it's such a huge world. It's an entire galaxy. Go go nuts. Go nuts, yeah. Just have fun with it. And I think Disney has got this set up where they could do that. They just haven't taken the steps to do it. Well, that anyway. too, we got to get past COVID so they can actually uh, film stuff. The, well, they are uh, because the new episodes of The Mandalorian are coming out um, in 28 days. Ooh, so 27 more sleeps. Don't say it like that. It makes me think because my sister always posts up online about how many sleeps it is until Christmas. I hope I she never so listens funny. to this podcast because <laughs> when people say, oh, it's this many more sleeps until blah, 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 blah. Are you two? Maybe. Stop it. Do not talk like that. You don't judge me. You I'm judging you hard. You get 27 sleeps in 28 days? <laughs> They're not always very long, but I get them. <laughs> That's can, a lot of I can, sleeps. Yo, I, I can go like four sleeps in a week. <laughs> well, after this weekend, I've done nothing but sleep. Yeah, you've gotten like four in today. Well, yeah. Well, I had I had a I was having some. I, I ended up having to leave work on Friday. Vaughn had to come get me Friday from work um, because I was having uh, migraine auras, and I don't know if you guys have ever had migraine auras. There's no pain. Like my head wasn't hurting. But I couldn't see. There were big spots in my vision that I had. It was just, it didn't exist. It was very weird. And have you ever looked at a bright light for too long and it gets in your vision mm-hmm. and you can't see anything around that light? That's what a migraine aura looks like. But instead of fading, it gets brighter. And it gets in different spots in your vision. And I couldn't drive. I couldn't see. You know, like I'd be looking straight at you. And wouldn't be able to discern your head or your face or anything else because there's just big spots in my vision that would just didn't exist. Yeah, one of the few times I've had a migraine, I've got something similar to that well, Like while I was in class back in high school. Yeah. And my head wasn't hurting at the time, but when I noticed I couldn't focus on anything, the actual headache and the pain came about an hour and a mm-hmm. half later. Yeah, it always comes later, and what was scaring me is I have not had a proper migraine for 11 years. I have not had a migraine. I've had precursors to migraines, I've had bad headaches, I've had cluster headaches, I've had, but I have never had a migraine. And every 30 minutes or so, I would get a new symptom. First, it started out with the auras, and then I started getting sick at my stomach. And then I started getting dizzy. And then lights started bothering me. And then my head started hurting right behind my eyes. And as these symptoms were going further and further and further, I called my boss and I told him, I was like, look, what do I need to do? I said, I can't, like, I can't drive. It's not safe for me to drive. I can't see to work on the computer. I can't write tickets. I can't do anything. What do you suggest that I do? I said, this is just ramping up and it's going to end up putting me down for the day if I'm not careful. And he, he clearly has never dealt with migraines before because he basically told me to tough it out. 
And I said, well, I'll tough it out. I said, but I'm going to the doctor because I don't have, I don't even have a prescription anymore for medication that I can take to, to knock this thing out. And so I went to the doctor and um, threw up a couple times while I was there. That was fun. They caught me throwing up in the bathroom and they're like, okay, you need to go out of the building. Like they wouldn't let me stay in the building. They made me go around to the back of the building with the COVID people yeah, because they couldn't, they wouldn't see me inside because I was, they didn't know what I had. I was like, it's just a migraine. They're like, we don't care. Go around to the back. So the doctor comes out and, and checks me and everything and gives me a couple of shots and says, you're not going back to work today. I said, under no circumstances are you going back to work. I said, because if you have not had a migraine in 11 years and one is coming on and you've got all these symptoms that you're describing to me, he says, you're about to be put down hard. He said, so I'm going to give you a couple of shots. I'm going to give you a couple of prescriptions that you need to go pick up today. And you're out for the weekend. You're done. And so Vaughn took me home. He gave me the shots. Vaughn took me home and I spent the rest of Friday sleeping. And I spent most of this morning sleeping. Dang. Yeah. Because he gave, what, what did he give me? Phenergen and Toradol. Yeah. He said those are not typical migraine like they don't typically go, yeah. but, it, but it will help. But mostly, he said, he said, what you need to do is you need to find a nice, cool, dark place, cover your head, and go to sleep. And sleep the rest of it off. And, I, and what irritates me is I like my boss, but he has not once checked in on me this weekend. Which irritates me. <laughs> That's a yikes, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Super yikes. So, anyway... That's been my story for this weekend, so I've done nothing but sleep all weekend. Uh, that just kind of reminded me of me, me and some of my buddies up at college. Uh, one of them started getting me to watch Archer. Oh, I love and, Archer. And he showed me oh, this. I love Archer. <laughs> he showed me this one. <laughs> Do you want ants? Because that's, that's how, how you, you get, get ants. <laughs> and he showed me a clip of apparently him and some other character were in the Everglades. Yeah. And Archer was talking about his irrational fear of, of gators. crocodiles. <laughs> And he just started spouting out all these, like, random fatal alligator or crocodile attacks that right. happened in, like, the past 30 years. Right. And then she's like, oh, well, what's the next thing you're afraid of? And he's like, well, alligators, obviously. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, is there anything past that? Brain aneurysms. What does that have to do with alligators and being in the Everglades? Nothing. It can happen anywhere, anytime. And that's what makes it so terrifying. <laughs> Well, that was something that did scare me this Friday because the guy's like, you haven't had a migraine in 11 years and you're having one like this. He said, if you have another one, you need to go get a CT of your head to make sure there's nothing going on. And so I'm just, no. Yeah, I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to die. Clearly, I'm going to die. This is it. This is where it ends. This is, this is how I die. <laughs> Gee, didn't realize my hourglass was almost up. <laughs> Can't you flip that thing over just one more time? <laughs> just tilt it a little bit. I saw my hourglass. I bet you it's only got a few grains left in it. Well, we all know that you're going to die before me because men die sooner than women because they do stuff like get on a tree stand and fall off. Or a tripod stand. Le gasp. Le gasp. <laughs> Audible gasp. <laughs> gasp in Spanish. <gasps> Japanese. Eh? <laughs> oh yes, can we tell? 
Alex is learning Japanese. Uh, yes, I'm taking Japanese 101 at my college, and honestly, it is probably the most fun class I've ever had. I think it would be cool. Like, all of my other classes are foreign professors with, like, the thick, rich accents, mm -hmm. but my Japanese professor is some old white guy. <laughs> like, I have an Italian professor, a Russian professor, a Chinese professor, but then this old white guy teaching Japanese. Nice. And he is the funniest professor I've ever had the pleasure of being in the same room as. That's cool. It makes learning fun. Yeah, it, it does. And I honestly thought that learning the language was going to be a lot harder than it is. Well, I can tell you, um, and this is something I need to get back into doing, um, because I signed up for Babbel so I could learn Spanish. I mean, I, I can speak Spanish at like a first grade level, you know, like if you, if you really dumb it down for me, I can understand Spanish mm -hmm. and I can speak it back to you. Um, but I got on Babbel because I wanted to like expand my knowledge. And if you want to kind of supplement your lessons, Babbel teaches you conversational type language. So not just the formal types of Japanese, but it would be like conversational Japanese is what it would teach yeah. you. Right now the professor is teaching us more or less kind of basic grammar type stuff. Mm -hmm. And he says, okay, this is the actual proper grammar for it. But if you're in conversation and the context is understood, you can shorten it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And next semester, if you decide to take 102, then we'll start teaching you the actual polite forms mm -hmm. for stuff. Because... Japanese is a very polite language. Mm -hmm. Then why do they always sound like they're mad when they're talking? No, 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 no. That's not Japanese. Japanese doesn't sound mad. Uh, it's a... Uh, wait, is it... Am I thinking yeah, Cantonese? Yeah, they do. Because whenever I watch the wrestling pay-per-views, they always go through the different ones. And the Japanese guys always sound like he's like... They're like really super excited. aggressive, aren't they? Yeah. Well, typically, whenever you're just walking around talking to people... You almost always use the very polite versions of stuff because that's they're they're very big on their politeness now. between people. I do that now. I'm always polite. Uh huh. <laughs> uh huh. It's a good thing my buddy at work doesn't listen to our podcast because he'd be calling me. At, <laughs> and he'll tell me what he'd be calling me. He sees me working. A raging on. something that right. probably was a, a wordy dirt. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> wordy I almost got in a fight at Walmart the other day. Yeah, some Karen. Some Karen got mad at me because I wasn't getting out of her way fast enough. And she's like, could you be any ruder? And I said, you know what, lady? I said, you need to shut your mouth and keep moving. I said, I'm trying to get out of your way. Oh, you're just rude as hell, aren't you? I'd have been like, you ain't seen nothing yet, woman. Keep on. I, well, I told her again. I said, you need to shut your mouth and keep moving before something happens. I told one of my friends about it. He's like, you almost got in a fist fight at Walmart. He said, I just, that is like peak redneck. He that said, so I am Texas. so proud of you. <laughs> that is so Texas. Get a fist fight at Walmart. Fist fight at Walmart over by the cosmetics aisle. I'll tell you what. Oh, oh. She, she was about to F around and find out what she was about to do, though. Walmart is an anomaly. An anomaly? Have you been to Texas? Well, just any Walmart is just strange. <laughs> That's why I like going to H-E-B. It's, it's like a whole different... Atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere is... Everybody's happy there, and 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 they're Some nice to each really other. Some of the nice H-E-Bs where we used to live. I know. We've, we've talked about it. We used to live in Waco. There were five H-E-Bs there. 
Because that big one they built, they built yeah. up on Valley Mills. The one on Valley Mills is nice. And if Erin is listening, shout out to H-E-B on Valley Mills. Erin. She don't work on that one. Was she work at the one? She used to work at the one in Bellmead, and now she oh, works at the oh, one wow, in Valley okay. Mills. I knew she worked at the one in Bellmead. Yeah, she moved, she moved down oh, okay. to Valley Mills. Oh, okay. Yeah, so shout out to Aaron. Thank you for being a. At least I think you're still listening. I'm, I'm going to text you and make sure you listen to this podcast so you'll hear your shout out. <laughs> 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 yeah, but she works in the um, in the deli section, and uh, she has like she does all the, like the uh, the artisanal cheeses and stuff yeah. like that. And she really likes her job. She's really good at it. And I'm very that's proud good. of her. That, that's the best thing about having a job is if you like it, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, it is. And, and that's one thing I like about the jobs that we have now because we've, we've gone through some turmoil and strife about our jobs. And um, Vaughn actually has a job now that he likes and, you know, pays the bills and he likes doing it. He doesn't dread going to work every day and... I have a job that I like and pays the bills that I don't dread going to work every day because there, there for a while um, we were working for a uh, poultry processing plant. Both of us were working at the same place and they had a plant manager who was, how do we describe this guy without breaking our PG-13 rating? So if you're the one I'm thinking of, he's the one that I have mentioned before. That if I ever saw him out somewhere and he was on fire, I would do my very best to put him out with diesel. Yeah. He was, um, he was the kind of guy who made you hate your life. You didn't just hate your job. You actually hated your life when you were around him. He would belittle you. He would curse at you. Tell you what a terrible job you were doing. He would take all the credit when things were going right. And he would spread all the blame when things were going bad. Never took any blame on himself. Um, there was one time I can vividly remember, because um, I was in the sales department at the time, and we had these things we had to do called ARs, where um, you had to... It, 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 I'm not going to go into what they were, but it, it was paperwork that had to be done. And we were behind on our paperwork in the sales department, because various things had happened. We were just got behind. And this dude pulled us all into his office... And told us, you know, we need to get this stuff done this weekend. You're going to be coming in on Sunday and fixing this. Unless it's done before you leave on Friday, you will be here Sunday. And this is Texas. You can't force somebody to work on a Sunday, you know, because of blue laws and whatnot. But anyway, um, so he was like, you will be working on Sunday if this is not done. And he just, I remember him taking this big, this big stack of papers and waving it at us. He said, if this is not done by this weekend, I'll be fired. And he slams them back down. Wait, he'll be fired? Yeah, he said he'll be fired. And like all of us like looked at each other. We were like, you promise? Do you, is that a promise that you'll be fired? Because... I'm not doing another damn thing if that means that it'll be your job. That would be awesome. Well, when he finally did get fired, the guy that took his place pulled us all into the training room. And he was talking about how he got fired, that he was no longer with us. And that we all failed as supervisors in management because we are the reason that that man lost his job and we ought to feel bad about it. Because we're the reason he lost his job. And everybody was dead silent. And I kind of raised my hand. I said, hey. He said, yeah. I said, well, I'm kind of known for speaking my mind. So 
I'm going to go ahead and tell you what everybody in this room is thinking. But they just don't have the balls to say it. If I personally felt like there was anything that I either did or did not do that caused that man to lose his job and not work here anymore, buddy, I am sleeping good tonight. <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of looked at me. I was like, I ain't joking. I said, there's nobody up here that's upset about him losing his job. Yeah. And you kind of saw everybody kind of looking at each other, kind of shaking their heads, but they didn't want to be as obvious as I was about it, but I didn't care. Right. It, morale was in the toilet. Yeah. I mean, people hated their jobs, hated their lives. Turnover was insane because nobody wanted to work for this man. The only reason you and I hung in is because um, we needed the we needed the money. Stubborn. Yeah. Well, that that too. But I can vividly remember because um, Vaughn is six three, and this dude was I don't know, he's about six two maybe. Yeah. He was about he he was a little shorter than Vaughn, but I can remember him puffing up just as big as he could get and as tall as he could get and he got up on his tippy toes and he got over Vaughn and was yelling at him in front of people in front of his entire team was yelling and cussing at him and I can remember Vaughn having to gra physically grab who, who was I it this bit. because it was two of my other guys picked up one of my other workers. Yeah, because he had three guys that worked for him. carried him outside because he was beelining toward this man was going to beat his ass for cussing at me. Yeah. Because, look, there's one thing that you never do as a manager. You never, ever, ever belittle a manager in front of their employees. Yeah. You never do that. That is not professional. It doesn't help your case. It doesn't make you look like a big man. Everybody around you just thinks you're an idiot for doing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, I, I got mine on him too. So. Well, like, I. And I came in one morning, and it was, we were, doing horribly in shipping. Because he came back there and was griping about me about how I was loading trucks. And he was very specific on how he wanted me to load trucks from that point forward. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And when he walked out, I told my superintendent and my shift manager, I said, well, y'all heard that. I'm following his instructions to a T. I will not deviate. Don't come back here and ask me to deviate because I will not. And we had a shift that we would normally do 25 to 30 trucks or more every single shift. It was a normal thing to hit 30 trucks. Mm -hmm. And we did like 16 that day. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, of course, everything was backed up like crap still from the previous day. And he brought his boss and my two bosses in there with the office with him. And trying to show out in front of his boss, talking about how we're only in this mess because of you. And I was like, no, so we are not. I said, I loaded trucks exactly the way you wanted me to. This is your fault, not mine. And his face turned beet red. He started to get mad. And that's when his boss cut him off. And he said, hey, you need to get this fixed today. I said, I can get it fixed today. I guarantee you. I just need one thing from you. He said, what's that? And I pointed at the man in question and the other two guys that's over me. And I said, these three guys, get them the hell out of here. Tell them they are not allowed to come back into shipping unless I call them or there's an issue where they have to come back here. Tell them to stay away from me, stay away from my guys, leave me the hell alone, and I will get this cleared up before I leave today. I guarantee it. 
And he goes, okay. And he looked at the other three of them and said, get out. And don't come back here. And I will be watching the cameras to see. And when I left that day, the second shift supervisor came in. And he actually asked if the plant had been down for a few hours. Right. Because the cooler was damn near empty. Yeah. And that's the thing. This dude thought he was the smartest guy and in the room. He walked in. Yeah, but he he was honestly the dumbest. And it, it would it, oh, it, it was this is so disrespectful what he would do. He wore glasses, right? And he wore a hat like a like a brim hat. And he used to look at me over his glasses and under his hat like that, where it was just a little. And he would he would look at me and then like try to intimidate me like that. Yeah. He was just he was he was a jackass. Pardon for the language, but he he was a straight up jackass. And after we moved to where we live now, he found me on Facebook and messaged me, "Hey girl, how you doing? Hadn't heard from you in a long time." I was like, "We are not friends." <laughs> you're not going to hear from me. I don't know why you're contacting me, but we are not friends and I want nothing to do with you. Because my husband, for one second, thought that I was talking to you for any reason, he would probably leave his ring on the table and leave. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the hell's wrong with you, woman? <laughs> yeah, this dude, he was just... I, I've never really used the H word on many people in my life, but he is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, if, if you have people you manage, and Alex, as you're growing up, and you'll have people that you manage... You need to manage people so that they want to work for you. You need to lead by example. You need to be willing to get your hands dirty. You need to spread the praise but accept the blame. You need to make sure that your people respect you. And you don't get respect by fear. That, that's not, that has never worked in the history of anything. You don't get respect by making people fear you. You get respect by making people love you. I, I mean, that's I was... I was known as the hard-ass supervisor. Because I expect a lot out of my people. I mean, as a supervisor, I didn't expect to have to do anything. Because everybody in my department would know how to do every job in there, so I wouldn't have to. And But even being known as the hard-ass, everybody in that damn plant wanted to work for me. Mm-hmm. Except for the people that worked for me. Yeah, well, this is before you were. Yeah, but because when I left the sales department, and I went down and I worked in Thotty Bone. Um, I worked down there for six months, and I, I, those people on that line, they literally would kill for me. We, I increased production in that department by sixty percent mm-hmm. in six months, and I didn't do it by ruling through fear. I did it by working with people when they needed a day off, letting them come in late, letting them leave early, making sure I knew what their needs were, making sure that they had the tools that they needed to do their jobs. If somebody needed to take a minute and step away from the line, I worked with them on that. And that just made them work harder because they knew I had their back. And another thing that I never allowed to happen, I was a frontline supervisor. It's my job that nobody above me ever spoke to these people. Mm-mm. That is not their job. That's not their position. They don't need to be telling anybody on this line what to do because they are not in this department. Yeah. I'll take it to them. Exactly. If you have an issue with one of my employees, bring it to me. I'll take it to them, and then we'll deal with it together. 
but my my employees should never ever see upper management in my department never because it's my job to protect them from upper management and i can tell you that you've heard the you've heard the phrase that crap rolls downhill mm-hmm. that crap may have rolled downhill in my department but it stopped with me my employees never saw any of it we had parties we had get-togethers we had birthday parties for people um we had people that got into disagreements and we figured all that stuff out amongst us. I didn't fire people just because I wanted to fire them. You know, I, I, like I took care of my people. And by taking care of them, because I took care of them, we increased output in that department, we increased productivity in that department, and we cut hours. So they were doing more with less, but they didn't mind. That's what happens when, you know, you treat your subordinates like people and not numbers. Exactly. And, and I knew all their names. I knew when their birthdays were. I knew... It, there, there was one lady who was working her hardest to get her husband over from Mexico. And, and you know how hard that is. Because mm-hmm. she, was, she was born here, but he was born in Mexico. And trying to get him over on like a, like a marriage visa, that's, that's difficult. And so I did everything I could to help her with that process. There were days when she had to leave and go to court. Nobody else in that in that entire plant was going to let her have a day off. But I I made it my business that nobody else knew she was gone. She never got... Upper management, too, not getting on to your people for anything. Yeah. Like, it even took me a while to finally train all the other supervisors in there to leave my people alone. Yeah. Because there was times I had some supervisors, hey, I'll take one of your guys up front, write them up. <laughs> I start laughing. I was like, the hell you are? You ain't writing up one of my people for what? Because I told him to go up front and get this pallet and bring it to the back. And he wouldn't do it. I was like, well, good. Because that's exactly what I told him to say. I told him, I said, if anybody above me comes and tells you, hey, I need you to go do this, then, of course, you go do it. I said, but they knew who the other supervisors, the people that were the same level I was. And I told every one of them. I even told the other supervisors, yeah. I told them, if y'all try to get them to take them from their job to go do something else, they're to tell you no. Because they don't work for you. Right. That, it pissed off. And then it finally, they say, nope, not doing it. Go talk to him. Nope, not doing it. Go talk to the boss. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd get mad as hell. And they'd come over, ah, that's like, no, they're not doing what you need. They're doing what I need. They work for shipping. They don't work for you. Yep. If I said, yeah. you need something to the back, I guess you better figure out a way to get it back here. Yeah. Well, we... <laughs> Probably went way over on our time, didn't we? We're 13 minutes over right now. That's not, it. It's not not too bad. Actually, I was thinking we were already busting about about an hour and a half. About an hour and a half. <laughs> Ooh, boy, I've already gotten messages from my from my Call of Duty people for Saturday night. Dude, where are you at? <laughs> we are recording. You no, know he, we record. That's what he told him. He messaged the other one. They say I'm finally getting on, but he's doing his podcast, so he'll be on in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So big shout out to our listeners. We are so glad you made it this far. We are so glad to have you here again this week. We've talked about all kinds of stuff. Didn't even get to talk about going to Ren Fair. We talked about uh, we talked about that last, last week, week in, in the deleted podcast. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to talk about that again next week. And that's coming up soon. That's not this not this weekend, but, but the following. Weekend. Yeah. So two weekends. Uh, makes me miss all the cons that I go to. I know. Uh, what are you doing on the sixteenth of this month? Of this month. I have no clue. What what day of the week is it? It's a Friday. 
I'd have to check to see if I have any tests. Or we're going up on Friday. We're going to camp out Friday night. We only have a four-person four tent, though. We'd have to get him something to... Oh, we could all fit in that tent. You think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. Easily. It would be It would be kind of a... We'd, we'd be real close. But, I mean, I, if, if you want to come up, let me know, because I have to buy a ticket specifically for that weekend. Um... But I, if you if you want to come up that weekend, we'd love to have you. Dang, I'll have to check to make sure what my schedule's looking like for that. Because we're, we're going to go up there. Friday. We're going to stay all day Saturday and probably come back Saturday night after the fireworks show. Because mm-hmm. their fireworks show is freaking amazing. So, so oh, where, yeah. Where is Ren Faire? Uh, it's in um, Tom Tom Ford, Tom Cotton. Tom. It's near Houston. Yeah, it's it's not that far from where we are. It's... Um, Tom something is the name of the town, and I can't remember the name of the town. It's Tom something, but it's out in the middle of BFE. I mean, like literally BFE, but they have 5G signal because they have the, the you know, the, 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 the fair out there. So they have to have some type of signal out there. But th- that's the only thing that this hey, town maybe does. maybe if we go, we'll see another chainmail lady. Woo! I told you about her, didn't I? Yeah. We talked about that last week in the deleted podcast. Um, so... We were walking along in Ren Faire, and we're looking at all of the costumes, and people are all dressed up, and you'll see a stormtrooper next to a king, and, you know, just all kinds of... Yeah. Seriously. Like, people... Yeah. It's like Comic-Con. People are dressed up like whatever they want to dress up as. We went on Pirate Weekend, so we were dressed up like pirates. And, I mean, just... It, it was crazy. And I look over, and it was me. I'm the one that saw her first. I look Pirates. over, and I see this fine woman. She was hot, man. Ooh, Good Lord. So nice. And I looked and over, she and she is wearing a very good amount for the stuff that was hanging from her chest, but it was money well spent, buddy. Yeah, well, she was dressed in Ooh. nothing but chain mail, a chain mail thong, and a chain mail shirt. I can only imagine how cold that'd be. Oh, no, it was warm. It was warm. Yeah, it was warm. Uh, like the weather was warm, but um, she was hot. The weather yeah. was warm. But I mean, all she was wearing was and chain it was the mail. weirdest thing because like the next five little store things that I went into, she was in every one of them. Wasn't that crazy? Wow, what a coincidence. She <laughs> followed me in these stores. She just happened to get there before me. It's crazy. <laughs> it's just weird to say. And then we was walking in the same day. We were walking out. And it's what she dressed like a She was dressed like a, a Viking berserker. Yeah. Like a Viking warrior. Really short like deer. She was wearing a fur bikini. Fur bikini. And she was every bit of six foot four. Yeah, she. I looked up. Gorgeous at her woman. By. Gorgeous woman. I was like, "Why well, climb her like a freaking tree, man?" Woo! <laughs> yeah. I was like, May- I, "I gotta go back in. The, I gotta go back in the room for her. I, I gotta go this way." <laughs> and she was with a group of other women who were also wearing fur bikinis, but they were all much shorter than her. Yeah. She. I mean, she looked like a freaking model. She was gorgeous. Yeah. Most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And walking into Ren Fair. As we were walking out, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I went around <laughs> and go back in. When you fight all the Viking women, you must fight the final boss. <laughs> she was definitely the final boss. I'd mother us her. <laughs> Be a lot of close quarter fighting for you, wouldn't there? <laughs> oh, I fell over. <laughs> oh, I fell, oh, over, I fell over again. <laughs> all right, we need to bring this to a close. This right. is crazy. Thank you guys for, for sticking <laughs> with us for this long. We're going to try to shut it down again. Again, Alex, talking, I started thinking about chain mail lady. I know. Like Alex, thank you for coming in this week. We naked really appreciate Jenga. you coming. Yeah, Naked Jenga. we got to talk about Naked Jenga. We'll talk about all this next week. Okay. Okay. All right, fine.
I guess I'll have to listen in to this one specifically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to take him to the, the Jello Shot booth, too. Oh, yeah. I must do my research. No, okay, so it's, so the it's Jello Shot. one for titty, two for kitty. And when yeah. the girls walk up, they show their boobs, they give them a Jello Shot. If they pull their pants down, they get two Jello Shots. Mm-hmm. Now, and some you of can, you sit walking you up go. like... You can go as many times as you want. And some of them are walking up, you're like, oh, is she going, oh, she's, she, she's going to the booth. Oh, <laughs> it's fun. So we, we got positioned in a position last last time where we could watch the football game. On no, 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 it was not the football game. It was the MLB playoffs. Oh, yeah, it was the we MLB were, playoffs. We were watching the playoff on this guy's TV he had on the side of his camper. But it, but just, we were, happened it, it just happened to be where like we could see. like was in front of us, and the, the nice booth was right behind us. So I was standing turn one way where I could watch both. <laughs> Your eyes go two different directions. Oh, man. Like a chameleon. I was about to say chameleon would be like this the whole time. <laughs> All great. right. Okay, so we are at the end. Oh my gosh! Stop. We're at we're at an hour yeah. and twenty minutes. This is this is a super sized podcast at this point. Right. Nobody's gonna listen to it this long. At this point, it's not a podcast. It's story time with the shades. <laughs> <laughs> story time. All right. So we're bringing it to a close. We will see you guys next week. I apologize for not having a podcast last week, but I will go produce this one right now and post it right now so that we don't have to worry about this happening again. So if the kids shut it down and they don't save it, it's fine. It's already out there. Alex, thank you for being our guest this week. You it are was, welcome anytime. It was a pleasure. And now with everything being online, I can actually probably show up to more of these. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, we had a guy that's been on a couple times from St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can actually have you call. It's not calling in, but it's it, there's a computer program that we use to kind of link up our, our computers. And um, all the sound comes through. And that's just directly feeding the audio. Mm-hmm. Well, hey. Mm-hmm. That could work. Sweet. Yeah. Make, make this a three-person deal then. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, we have the last name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's usually Saturdays at 7. Saturdays at 7. So, anyway, uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Um, just remember that we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Bye.